Hey guys, it's me, P. And me, S. And you're listening to the Girl on Girl podcast. But it's not what you think. But also, it's kind of what you think. Okay, here's the deal. My name is Persis. I'm queer, Indian, femme, and a little over five feet tall. And my name is Sarah. I'm straight, white, cis, and a proud ginger. Every episode, we're going to talk about sexuality from a queer perspective, from a straight perspective, and what it means to find the fluidity between the two. We're going to talk about taboos, labels, dating, awkward moments, pop culture icons. We're also going to talk safe sex, self-discovery, discrimination, and what it means to be a queer minority. happy december happy december third we are third third days in <laughs> i listened to christmas music for the first time this morning you did Mm-hmm. it was nice i listened to um i was in a very like sleepy chill mood so i listened to like acoustic christmas <laughs> oh i love that and it was all like Every song was like, come all ye faithful, but like acoustic, you know, like Lumineers (laughs) style. That's kind of funny, but it suits. It suits the moment. And it's not like overtly Christmas, which I feel like once we get into like, you know, really leading up to Christmas, that's when I'm going to be playing my Mariah. That's when I'm going to be playing my Buble, my Bieber, my... Martina McBride's Christmas album, Don't Sleep On It. It's so good. Who else? Oh, you know, oh, my like, my like Nat King Cole. Uh. I was going to say Nat King Cole. I also love a good NSYNC Christmas. Oh, always. Bing Crosby's Christmas album is another win. Oh, oh, no, my favorite, my favorite of all time. And no one come at me for this. Okay. Eight Days of Christmas by Destiny's Child. <laughs> On the first day of Christmas, my baby gave to me 20 carat ring and a diamond. Blah, blah, blah. It's so good. I feel so in la 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 love. It's the only <laughs> my generosity. My man, my man, my baby. Like if anyone, someone, oh my God. So I, as it, I don't know if anyone notices this because this is just my own thing I do. Okay. I share that song every every december 1st <laughs> like i've done it for a few years what i've never noticed that on my instagram story <laughs> it's like a secret tradition you had that i didn't know about and um one time someone messaged me and was like that's the worst christmas song and i was like excuse me excuse moi i was like i would have blocked say them the worst did you actually no <laughs> <laughs> I definitely, I definitely debated. I wouldn't say, come on, the, there are so many bad Christmas songs out there and that's the worst. No, no. It's so sassy. Um, and sorry, in the lyrics, what, um, the part you were just singing, what do they say? Something about generosity? (laughs) I just, that's my favorite part when it's like, I feel so in la 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 love if he only knew. 
So if I only knew his generosity, my man, my man, my baby. <laughs> if I only knew. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I thought they were saying something about them being the generous ones. And I was like, but aren't they asking for like eight very expensive items for Christmas? Which I love. I, lo I love it. Girl, get the ring. Get the car. Get it. I agree. It's your Christmas wish and I want it to be granted. I want someone to buy me a car. All right, Sarah. Well, I'm excited to talk to you about this week's topic. Me too. I can't believe we haven't talked about this yet. It's kind of crazy. I know. And I also feel like this is kind of really leaning into you more than me. Well, actually both of us, both of us. Yeah. No, for sure. I mean, I'd love for you to lean into me a little more, but we're just we're just way too far apart to do that. I know, but you could metaphorically really lean in to our I friendship. always do. I'm always leaning into your heart. <laughs> You'll <laughs> lean into my heart. First, today we're going to be talking about being an ally in the queer community. What it means, how you do it, how you can be a better ally, and our favorite allies because there are a lot of them. There's um, a lot. <laughs> I was a, a lot, little overwhelmed. <laughs> I know. It's like, and we probably missed a ton. But um, just to like start us off, can you just explain to us, please, what is an ally? So in general, and this can be straight or queer, um, which actually Sarah and I were talking about because I've always associated allies with being straight. But as I was doing some research and trying to look into like celebrity allies in the LGBTQ community, they were, because I was even typing in straight allies, but they were coming up with like lots of queer people too. Because mm -hmm. Sarah brought up a good point where she says, um, allies don't always have to be straight because you can be a queer ally and still like fight for LGBT rights. Because there are some queer people who aren't necessarily allies. So I think- um, yeah. To define it, an ally is just someone who is supportive and accepts an LGBT person. And they are someone who personally advocates and, or sorry, advocates for equal rights and fair treatment for the community. Yeah. And like we've talked about how homophobia exists within the queer community, right? So it's totally possible for someone to be a member of the queer community and still maybe not fully support or empower other LGBTQ plus voices. Um, but yeah, a lot of times when we talk about ally, we refer to like the a person who's outside of the community. So a straight ally. So during this conversation, we're going to specify like straight ally, queer ally, or just like the broad term ally as an umbrella term. So allies are some of the most effective and powerful voices of the LGBTQIA plus movement. Not only do they help people in the coming out process, but they also help others understand the importance of equality, fairness, acceptance, and mutual respect. So it can be like, I think sometimes people get a little bit like nervous about the word ally or something because they think they need to be, I don't know, going to battle for someone or something or for a cause. And it doesn't have to be that. It can being an ally involves a lot of subtleties. A lot of it is like the way you treat people in your life <laughs> and how you talk about strangers. 
and how aware you are of like what's happening around you and are you the person who might speak up and start a conversation or are you the person who's going to let a homophobic comment just exist you know what i mean or just like just continue or live on um so it can be little things like that right or it can be like you you know get out there and you organize for the queer community you petition you raise money you build awareness like all of those things too so it's a broad I think like being an ally can be any of the above mm-hmm. and I guess like to start like from simple terms I think the biggest thing is like understanding your LGBTQ friends is I think like a really really good place to start if you identify yeah. as being an ally with maybe not at first kind of like you said Sarah like going to battle or making like these really grand gestures I would still consider someone an ally, even if they're just like supportive of their friends and they listen to them and they hear them and they're just there for them. I feel like a lot of what being an ally is about is also how you behave when your queer friends, for example, aren't around. That's a big one. If I'm around a whole, if I'm around all straight people, for example, it's how I speak about the queer community or about queer my queer friends to them, for example, right? Like it's not only about how you treat your queer, the queer people in your life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I, I mean, what you say, like outside of your queer circle is, is big. Because I mean, yeah. you know the term when they say people can be chameleons? Oh, wait, what does that mean? Yeah, I mean, I know a lot of people who actually say they're <laughs> They can be chameleons. So depending on what friend group they're with, they just kind of change their ways to kind of like adjust to the friend group. But it Mm. says a lot more who they are like outside of that. So an example would be like you could be straight and hanging with your gay friends and be all about equality and pride and love is love. But (laughs) maybe if you hang out with straight people who maybe are a little homophobic and if you don't, stand up for your friends, I I would say like, you're not an ally. Right, right. A good um, example of this is actually when we look at corporations who, and we we talk about this every year at Pride, right? All the corporations who change their logo to a rainbow and spend the whole month celebrating queerness and often using it for commercial gain, which we've talked about on past episodes before. And then, you know, at all the other 11 months of the year, they're not doing anything to support queerness or to even be part of the conversation. Um, and it's kind of, it, it's almost the same as like an individual person, right? Like if you're choosing to only be supportive and to amplify voices, it, you know, in certain moments and maybe not in others, that's when you maybe need to check your allyship and be like, hold on, like, w- like let's re get clear again on my values and my beliefs, right? And maybe think a little bit about if I am being a chameleon, which I've totally been before. I don't know about you, but I've totally experienced that when I'm with people and start talking a different way. And I'm like, wait, that's not how I talk. But um, sometimes you have to wonder, like, if I don't really like who I'm being around that who I'm being around those people. Should I keep hanging out with them? Maybe, maybe not. Like, my, my answer is no. Like, I'm if sad. you don't like who you are when you're around a certain group of people, that's a big sign. That's a big old no from us at Girl on Girl. 
Yes. But yeah, it all comes down to, like you said, understanding, taking steps to understand your queer friends. It's like the first, it's like the first step kind of to, or one of the first steps to becoming a better ally or an ally in general. So Sarah, I wanted to ask you, like, what has your experience been with understanding your queer friends over the past few years? Yeah, so... I think it's like a lot of things, but one thing I thought about in relation to this is just like I grew up in a very whitewashed suburban type of city, didn't have a lot, if any, queer people around me. And so because of society and the media that I consumed growing up, I did have all these stigmas and stereotypes about queer people in my brain. They were there. And so I think a big part of of understanding my queer friends and understanding the queer community um, has been uh, the process of unlearning and just getting over those stigmas and stereotypes and recognizing them as that and then leaving them in the past, (laughs) like literally leaving them behind me as, you know, things that I learned them for a reason. It's not my fault per se, you know, but time to leave them back there because they're not reality. And I thought about when I, it, a lot of it was moving to Toronto, moving to a city where there is a big queer community and a diverse queer community. And so I started working at this restaurant that I really loved. It's one of my favorite jobs I've ever had. And one of the reasons was because the people I worked with were awesome. Like just, just like a hundred people who all had different personalities and were so cool in their own way. And like, it was just really fun Anyone who's worked in a restaurant kind of knows like the types of personalities that might come through and like it and I met a bunch of people. But my point is that several of my coworkers there were queer and they were so diverse and unique. And I think that was one of my first times becoming friends and acquaintances with a lot of queer people in one space. And it challenged this idea that I had in the back of my mind of like a classic, I'm saying in air quotes, classic lesbian or gay man, which I had learned from movies and TV. You know, there's a certain type of lesbian or a certain type of very flamboyant gay man who you can tell is gay right away type of thing. And these coworkers of mine who were openly queer, they were androgynous and they were femme presenting and some were flamboyant, some were very reserved and shy, some were very feminine, some were very masculine, some were neither, none of the above. And I think that allowed me to just open my mind and um, change my perspective and understand the queer community on like a whole other level and make sure that I wasn't putting any of my queer friends into boxes in my mind. like. Because I think we do that naturally. We might not mean to do it, but I think us as people kind of grew up with boxes. That's how, that's what society taught us. So unlearning is the biggest thing you can take away from all this. Yeah. We love to categorize. Humans are just like always trying to put little boxes in our mind. Oh, that, that fits into that box. Perfect. Nice. Mm -hmm. And I liked the fact that the queer people I was meeting who were so added so much richness to my life and to my work, uh, like at the restaurant, they didn't fit into any of these boxes I knew. And I, and I didn't feel the need to put them in a new box, right? Like I didn't feel the need to create a new 
androgynous box, for example, or like masculine but kind of flamboyant. But like, it just everyone was unique because because queer people are just humans with unique personalities, and they they don't fit into these stereotypes. They don't exist. So that was big for me. I think exposure, essentially. If you want to unlearn some stuff and get get rid of the stereotypes in your mind, exposure. Expose yourself to queer the queer community in any way that you you can because um, it, it'll make your life better. Another thing that helped me understand my queer friends was just like saying the wrong thing sometimes and learning from that. And I know that can be scary because like cancel culture and – you know, you, you know, no one ever wants to say the wrong thing. But as we talk about on this pod all the time, it's like one of the best ways to learn and grow is to sometimes like fall on your face a bit and then have someone be like, is that what you meant? Or like, but what if you saw it this way? Or just like straight up get, get mad at you. <laughs> but a lot of times I was trying to think of like specific examples where this happened. And I realized that like a lot of times that this happened to me actually was an internal dialogue. So I would say something and then right afterwards, or even, you know, a few days later, I'd be like, wait, was what I said like privileged or just asking myself these questions and then having like nobody called me on it, but realizing like, hold on, maybe I shouldn't have said that. And then maybe talking to the person that I was speaking to and being like, hey, just wanted to, I was just thinking about this and like, I'm so, I just wanted to ask your opinion or whatever. Like, I'm so sorry if it offended you or what do you think about this? And just like, continuously asking myself like hold on hold on for a second and checking myself was a good way to like uh, learn unlearn and learn a little bit and then I think also just like believing and listening and I feel like almost every episode I'm like listen (laughs) like number one rule if you want to be a straight ally in particular is to listen but I think believing is a really really big one Mm mm-hmm And I thought about that specifically because of you, because like most of my understanding of queerness has come through you as my best friend. And for all those years that you identified as bi and you dealt with all those people not believing you, Mm -hmm. I believed you wholeheartedly. And at the same time, I couldn't help but have these old kind of like stereotypes come back into my mind or like old ways of thinking and old patterns come in where I would think like, we've talked about this before, Persis seems to like like the girl she's going out with more than the guys. like, And being like, I wonder if maybe she should just date girls or maybe she is gay and she doesn't realize it. Like those thoughts would come into my mind and that's okay if that happens. Like, But it's about acknowledging what the thought is and what it's actually saying and what that thought is saying is, I don't believe Persis, what she's telling me. I'm not validating her experience or taking her seriously. And obviously, that's not okay. So I think just like reminding yourself to like take a step back. Whatever your opinion is, it doesn't really matter. And like it doesn't. So put it aside and just believe your friends and really believe them. Don't just like believe them when you're talking to them in your head, the thoughts that come into your head choose to change your thoughts to believe them (laughs) to believe the person and then just really listen sit back and listen because that can be quite damaging sometimes like I think we all we we do it in a place I think of caring because I mean I know from your 
from your side, I think you just were like, maybe she would just be happier if she really pursued women because she seems happier. She seems much more into these girls than she is when she's going on dates with guys. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's fine, right? But I also think that it was like my own journey to go through and it doesn't really matter what other people are thinking because yeah, how I had said, I had heard two sides of it, especially in my early days. I heard, no, I think you're only into men. And then as I was getting into my twenties, oh no, you're a lesbian. Like my sister said that to me too, when I, I didn't identify as a lesbian at the time. And she full on said, you're just a lesbian. And I know she also meant it in a place of caring, but yeah, yeah, it's, it's not okay to tell people like what they are, because at that time I really was genuinely figuring out. It wasn't, I wasn't trying to hide. It wasn't a mask. And um, I just remembered, I don't know if we've talked about this before, but didn't, we're not going to say his real name on the podcast, but this guy you, you were friends with, Sarah, like didn't believe I was bi and said I was using it as a cover up. Oh my God, probably. Yeah. I can't remember it specifically, but yeah, like wouldn't surprise me. Well, and also see... Persis rejected this person we're talking about. This person really liked Persis, wanted to take her out, show her a good time. And Persis said, no, I'm not interested. And so, you know, when the male ego gets hurt and they find out, even if that that person is interested in women, it's like, oh, she must be gay, lesbian. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And I mean, I came out like not long after that. I came out like the next year but still that wasn't his place to say and oh my god i just i just remembered how i kind of got how i ended up um (laughs) texting him about a date because i'm cutting this whole part out but do you remember sarah (laughs) like okay actually i kind of want to say it for the pod because it is a funny story he's not listening no he's not so there was so this guy i did reject him um he he had wanted to kiss me and I I I think I just said no like I'm sorry I'm not interested and I went home but I think a few weeks later uh we were all like a little bit in the same circle and um I had noticed so there was a girl I was interested in who (laughs) knew him as well Mm -hmm. and I remember I noticed the two of them had just started following each other Mm -hmm. I don't know how I noticed that. I think I just saw like maybe because it became like a mutual. Uh-huh. Sarah, you're going to die because I don't think I've ever been this crazy before. And I remember this. I was convinced in my head like they had hooked up that weekend or something. And <laughs> I was like, I was like, I was like, I need to find out. You turned into a full-blown detective. A full-blown investigative detective. Because it was the purse, remember? The purse in the yep. kitchen. Yeah. And I was like, I was like, wait, whose purse is it? Oh my God, Jesus Christ. <laughs> and then I somehow, I ended up texting him because I just wanted to find out info if like he had said she, he was with her. And obviously he didn't say anything. All he did was text me I and say, that. oh, do you want to go out on a date? And I was like, oh, like I just remember. Didn't you say yes? I did. But then a few days later, I, I just messaged him. No. <laughs> Oh my God. But I, I sent him a nice message. Like, I honestly said, like, hey, I thought about it. Like, I'm sorry. And he was nice about it, but maybe low key he was mad. But we never actually went on a date. 
I kind of want him to know about all this. I, that'd be really, that'd be kind of funny to know that like the whole time you thought that he was with the, this girl that you had a crush on. I feel like I can't. I can't. That's a big, that's my most embarrassing. Like, I remember you and I were driving somewhere and you were like, what should I text him to find out more info? We were, we, somehow we had a car and we were driving in Toronto. Do you remember? We were going to a movie. No one can know, guys. I'm, we are, we are detectives and I got to keep, this is my biggest secret because it's one thing where I'm like, I spiraled and no one needs to know that info about me trying to find out. It was entertaining though, from my perspective. Yeah. You, you literally looked at me and you're like, persist. Like I, you're, you're literally crazy. You're like, I would never say this, but right now you're being crazy. Only I get a glimpse into the crazy. So they're like, oh, Persis is chill, no stress. And behind the scenes, you're like, I must discover. Was she with this man? If she's dating this man. (laughs) But long story short, that guy had a bruised ego and he was like, Persis is just gay. And listen, I think that's actually a great way to... Um, circle back to what you were saying about like a lot of times the not believing comes from a place of like caring and loving, which is, which yeah, understandable. But I think ultimately it's, ultimately it's all a little bit selfish. So even if I'm like, oh, Persis, I think you'd just be happier if you dated just women, right? Sure. Of course I want you to be happy and I really care about you and I, and I would like all of that. But also don't you think it all kind of circles back to like, why do I need to express that opinion? Is it really for you or is it because maybe I need to be right about something? You know, maybe I need to feel like I know better than you or something. I'm not saying that's what your sister was doing or anything like that. But I do think ultimately when we are like voicing our opinion about someone else's life, it usually has to do with something, something selfish, something we're trying to gain. And, you know, the, the man we're talking about is the perfect example, right? He's deciding who you are because you rejected him and he's having a bruised ego. So it's just something to keep in mind. If you are having these thoughts about a queer friend where you're trying to put them into a box or trying to tell them there's something they're, that they say they're not, you know, think about why you might be doing that because it might be something that you should revisit in terms of like, I'm just saying therapy could help with that. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> just discover the Why? 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 Um, but actually, there was something else that I found on glad.org. Love glad, always. They were great talking resource. about great resource. They were talking about allies. Glad was talking about that although we see like certain types of gay rep in television, so you know, the society is being fed gay rep. And we've always talked about how it's usually like the same type of gay people like there wasn't much variety in the types of queer people like Sarah mentioned before she had only seen like one type of lesbian and one type of gay man yes but um the probability of straight people actually knowing someone in their life who they're close to and lgbt is actually like pretty high um but i have talked to people who who identify um in the community and then i also identify straight who say they don't know a lot of queer people in their circle mm-hmm. and so betty degeneres who's actually ellen's mom i didn't know her name was betty that's cute mm, that's cute she made this comparison in her book that's called just a mom and she says let me suggest that we all know someone who is left-handed 
lefties make up roughly the same percentage of the population as gay people, and yet millions of Americans say they don't know someone who is gay. Unless those people who claim ignorance are living in a place called fantasy land, they're most likely mistaken. Fantasy land. Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. So what, so what do you think it is? Like these, I hear it a lot too, like, oh, I don't really know any queer people. Do you think it's a lack of people being openly queer, maybe, in certain communities? Like maybe that's what's happening. Maybe it's people just not without realizing it purposefully not surrounding themselves with queer people like i'm sure there's a ton of queer people in their community maybe their school for example or whatever but they're choosing subconsciously to surround themselves with heteronormativity mm-hmm. i think maybe it's more like, the second oh, my, one yeah like my friends are my friends are none of them are queer but maybe you chose that I literally was talking to a friend where she was saying, I'm the only queer person she really knows and another person. Really? In her whole life? Like maybe who she considers like she's close to. Right. And like knows like on a personal level like that. Right. Otherwise her circle is very hetero. I think it all depends on where you grew up too, maybe as well. I do think with social media, it allows a lot more people to feel like they know. You know, you you follow these people on social media, you feel like you know them even if you don't. Right. And so um, I'm sure a lot of people who follow queer people on Instagram might feel like, oh, I know queer people. I've seen them on Instagram (laughs) kind of thing. Yeah. But yeah, it's funny talking to my parents about queerness when I talk to them about the podcast and stuff like that um the number one thing they they repeat it quite a bit is like you know I just don't really I don't know a lot of gay people Sarah I don't I don't really have any there's no one gay in my life you know and then they'll like reference like I did have a client you know a client once who she she had a wife um (laughs) you know they get all they get all like they start talking all professional for some reason but I feel like sometimes it can almost be like a security blanket. Like that's sometimes how I feel. I love my parents to death and they they don't have, they're not homophobic in any way. But I do think sometimes it can be a way to not be an ally. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't really know any queer people, so I don't really have an opinion or, you know, I just, I just don't know. I'm sorry. I just don't know. And it's like, but you do know queer people. And when they when they say that, when they've said that in the past, I've always been like, Persis. I was like, my best friend, you know, you love her. My mom is obsessed with you. She wishes you were her, her fourth child. And I'm like, and then you what do she know she queer like, people. And then, and then she's like, my, oh, yeah. They go, yes, yes, Persis. We love Persis, you know? And then like, Allie has, Allie has a ton of queer friends. And I, I obviously have more queer friends than just you. So I start rattling them all off, right? And they're like, okay, yeah, you know, you know but no, none of, like, my friends, like, no one I know, whatever. But it's, you know what I mean? I think just um, it's easy to feel like you don't know any queer people at all and then just use that as a way to, like, not care about queerness when you're straight. Mm-hmm. And that's a good point. It's easy to kind of not care when it's not really in your circle. Yeah. And I think, like... You know, this might be 
cliche, a cliche thing now, but queer rights are human rights. Mm -hmm. So I think it's just a matter of like, if, if you care, (laughs) right, then it's worth it. It's worth it to start thinking about your role as an ally in, in different communities, especially the queer community. Yes. Yes. And I always think like, the more people that do start to come out as well, we're, you're bound to know queer people in your circle. Mm-hmm. Like, there's no doubt about it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And I think as, as more people come out, I think that'll change. Like, I wonder when she wrote that book, um, Ellen, Ellen's Mom. I want to look it up. I want to say it was years ago. It was okay, like, yeah. I think it was like 2007. Okay. Just a mom, Betty DeGeneres. I'd never heard of this book. Just a mom. <laughs> what a title. <laughs> Wait, originally published 2000. Excuse me. I was going to say, it seems like this comment seems a little dated to me almost. Yeah. <laughs> oh, guys, I'm so sorry. This was old. This was literally 20 years ago. This book came out. <laughs> But the article from it's, the article from Glad was published in two thousand and seven. Oh, okay, got it. And I think I think the comment still stands, right? Like there are still a ton of people who are like, I don't know anyone who's gay. You know what I mean? But it it's definitely shifting, and I think a lot less people are able to say that now. So, yeah, it's interesting. But back to two thousand for sure. I'm sure so many people were like, I don't know any gay people, or whenever definitely. you did they were very specific gay people, which is yeah, air quotes. Yeah, the, you know, flamboyant gay guy, for example. Androgynous women. Yes. Well, to even go back to that, like, when I first came out to my parents and my mom would make comments like, oh, she doesn't look like a lesbian. Or, oh, I can tell she's a lesbian. She looks like a lesbian. Mm-hmm. And then it's just, it's, I know, but it's like, oh, oh. Ren. <laughs> It's like all people Betty knew then, right? That's what you're getting fed in the totally. media. Totally, 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 totally. And that's how my brain worked, I'm sure, before I grew up and moved to Toronto, essentially. Like, I I don't think I've ever said something like that, but that's how my brain operated based on what I had been fed since I was a kid. I genuinely think a lot of people listening – would be curious like how they can be an ally or how they can be a better ally. And I know we've we've been talking about this and we've talked about different ways, but is there anything else we haven't talked about that you as a queer person feel that anyone straight or queer can do to to start being an ally or to be a better one? Mhm. Um I think for starters, I think the the easiest thing I think to start doing would be to like look out for your queer friends and just be supportive of them. Talk to them, like maybe like get to know a little bit more about their stories. I think just in general from that. And I also think maybe if you don't have a lot of queer friends necessarily, I think maybe just doing a bit of your research on the queer community, maybe getting more familiar with like queer books, public figures, queer movies, queer movies, queer podcasts, queer music. Yeah. I There's think so much information out there. And- music especially are a great way to start learning more about the queer community because so much of music is queer 
almost all of the uh, like um, allies in pop culture that we're going to talk about later are like musicians, right? Like, m- like music is run by the queer community, in my opinion. And then film is kind of similarly like it's so easy to access queer film um, and queer stories through film. And they're like enjoyable and they're in the theaters. Like, you know what I mean? It's not like some obscure thing. There's Call Me By Your Name, for example, coming out in theaters. And it has, you know, I'm just saying like those ones might be a really easy route to start, to get started. Mm -hmm. Oh, I love it. I love it. I think movies is a great place to start. I love watching queer movies. Also, I was on a date recently and we listened to the Call Me By Your Name soundtrack on vinyl during the date. It was, it was pretty magical. While you played We're Not Really Strangers? Yeah. <laughs> that's really cute, actually. Pretty cute date. Not gonna lie. Man, that, that soundtrack is really good. We'll always stand by that soundtrack. <sighs> Man, it is a 10-10, if you ask me. 10-10. 10-10. What else, Persa, cut you off? Oh, what else? I think um, if you really want to get out there, I think go to Pride. Go to Pride events. Go yeah. to go to drag nights. Like yes, I think just exposing yourself to that community too is so fun, and it's just like such a warm environment to be in. And anyone who goes in is instantly accepted. Like, there's never been a time that I've gone to like some type of queer event, a queer bar, and felt like a little out of place. Mm-hmm. Every time, I just feel like the vibes. The vibes. I even went to um, Woody's a few weeks ago and I just went to the bathroom and mm-hmm. there it was busy. There was a lot of people like in the bathroom and I just went in and I, as I was washing my hands, I come out and the one guy goes, your skin is so flawless. Like you are absolutely like stunning. And he goes, Oof. what's your sign? <laughs> I love him. I love him already. And I'm like, Libra sun, cap rising, Scorpio moon. <laughs> And we all just like loved it. And like the, I think it was like four of us at that moment in this group, like just chatting in the corner. And then they're like, okay, we're going to dance now. Like come dance with us. It's just such a fun place to be. Everyone's just like. Because it's, because it's full of love. We've talked about this before with like queer spaces. Like it is a place of love. And that's why you feel so welcome and warm in those spaces, whether you're straight or queer. Yeah. Because everyone's just choosing love there. Always. And so, yeah, I think put yourself out there. And Pride is so fun. If you can get to a Pride parade, I mean, I know with COVID restrictions, I don't know what's going to happen next year in terms of Pride. But even if there's a virtual Pride, I don't know. Just like they also spew out a lot of like queer history as well in some of these events. So I think it's good to like just be there and, and soak up as much info as you can. Agreed. Great tips. You can't hear Olivia, but she's like in the background as you were saying that. She was like making a lot of noises, like agreeable noises. She was like, Is Olivia an ally? Olivia is such an ally. Like she should be on this list that we're about to read of our favorite (laughs) allies in pop culture. Yeah, Olivia Johnson. Yeah, that's her name. Okay, Percy Buns. There are some very prominent queer and straight allies in pop culture that we, you know, we know and love. And we kind of wanted to shout out a few of them. 
and why they're allies and what kind of impact they've been making. And I think in keeping with this idea of like how can you become an ally or become a better ally, sometimes it's a, it's nice to like see what other allies are doing. And yes, some of these allies are, you know, donating millions of dollars because they're f- rich, famous celebrities to queer um initiatives and it doesn't need to be like that it's just like how is this person showing up in the world to support the queer community and how can I maybe replicate a little bit of that in my own life exactly because actually originally at first when I was reading through this list and I kind of liked how not all of it had to be like this person donated millions and millions like obviously not all of us have that capacity to do that but they are clearly public figures who have just made it very known that they support the queer community Yes, totally. So the first one is Miley Cyrus. And our girl Miley, she is pansexual. And so she's a part of the queer community. She's a queer ally. After the bangers era, which is, Purse, your favorite era, I would say, right? Mm-hmm. You loved the bangers I loved era. bangers. Miley founded the Happy Hippie Foundation. This was in 2014. And it's a nonprofit that encourages young people to fight injustices that are currently facing homeless youth, LGBTQ plus youth, and other vulnerable populations. So, yeah, it's, it's all about, like, supporting youth, especially youth minorities. Um, and she also donated $500,000 to the Foundation for AIDS Research. So she does a lot with Happy Hippie. She does a lot with Happy Hippie. So I think it's a big part of her brand now. It it is. And I used to love like when she would do um the happy hippie like backyard sessions. Oh, me too. Wasn't that when she did Joanne? Jolene. Oh sorry, Jolene. That's what I meant. Yeah. Yeah. Joanne. <laughs> Joanne. That's like Gaga. I was thinking Joanne. about Gaga. Yeah, I see about Gaga. So we also got Billy Porter, who is in the LGBTQ community. And I saw that Billy Porter spoke up for Black gay and trans people joining the nationwide, as we all know, Black Lives Matter protests. And he actually said this, um, I think it was on his Instagram, um, LGBTQ plus Black folks are Black people too. Our lives matter too. So this is my response to those of y'all who don't understand that. Fuck you. And yes, I'm cussing. It's time for cussing. So Billy went off. It is time for cussing. Yep, that's correct. Like, before Harry Styles, Billy was the one going to red carpets in dresses and glamorous gowns and dressing androgynous slash dressing femininely. And as a black gay man, I, I think I think without Billy, I don't know if that would have come into the cultural zeitgeist as, like, quickly and efficiently as it has um, with people like Harry Styles. But he, I think Billy was the first to really do it like on a big scale. Like the trailblazer for that, I think. I think so too. Next up on our list is someone very near and dear to my heart, Miss Taylor Swift. Taylor Swift identifies as straight. But do we know? And sorry, I just wanted to say, do we know that for sure? Has she like, I mean, she probably has. I think at one point she did say, I'm not in the community. I don't know for sure. Okay. But she has never publicly come out as anything but straight and has publicly dated a lot, not a lot of men, but men. So let's just say that she's not in the queer community that we know of. But yeah, I don't know if anyone watched the documentary Miss Americana 
on Netflix, but basically the whole thing is about her coming into her own politically and realizing that the fact that she hadn't spoken out about any rights that she cared about for her whole career for like 10 years, basically the public was starting to be like, well, if you're not speaking up for people, then you're against, then you must be against them. And you have this massive platform where aren't you doing anything with it? And she was feeling that too internally and really struggling. And the documentary talks a lot, it shows a lot of moments where she's fighting with her team to speak up for queer rights. And there's scenes where she's literally fighting with her team to speak up for queer rights. And the team is telling her no because of your Christian fans. And and like her dad is telling her no. And so it like I would even if whether you like Taylor Swift or not, I definitely think it's worth a watch to see like someone of her magnitude um, making the choice to finally do what she felt was right and being faced with real adversity, like people actually telling her she shouldn't speak up for the rights she believes in, which which in this case um, were queer rights. So she released a, a song called You Need to Calm Down. Um, and a music video to match. The music video featured some of the most prominent queer celebrities in the States. Um, and it ended with a direct plea for fans to sign a petition in support of the Equality Act, um, which protested LGBTQ people from discrimination in their places of work, homes, schools, and other public accommodations. So I remember when she released this video, and it was very, like the song itself is very obviously about queer rights. She like it, she doesn't it's not nuanced like it's very classic taylor like on the nose and so when the song came out everyone was like okay she's she's making a stance and then with the video you know rainbows everywhere and all the queer celebrities that that joined her it was very it was like a stance and um so because of that um it turned her into a very prominent lgbtq ally but it's also drawn some criticism. Some people accused her of queer baiting or performative allyship. And we can maybe dive into that a little. I was curious. That's why I was like, there. I remember a lot of controversy around you need to come down and people were getting annoyed with that video. Yeah, I, I yeah. Like maybe it's worth taking one quick second here and talking about performative allyship because I bet a lot of people, including us, like who want to be allies, might worry about like, how do I know if I'm if I'm being performative or if I'm, you know what I mean, or being authentic? And like, what do you think it was about you need to calm down in particular? I feel like that from my perspective, from what I just saw, maybe it was, maybe it seemed like it was a bit of rainbow washing because she was just slapping a lot of rainbows and it's almost like, this big big thing and maybe people were unaware of like how much she was actually speaking out because like I personally never had a problem with it um only because it's not like Taylor Swift just came out of nowhere with like being like gay 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 like all over her video without um speaking out about how she felt about the community before because I find that like Maybe if you just came out of nowhere and you didn't really like have a stance and then maybe you're just jumping on this bandwagon to say like queer rights and you'd never done it before unless people felt that because she addressed it in her documentary saying she hadn't been speaking out about like these political issues. 
Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I, I think maybe that's what it was. Or maybe because she identifies as straight. So maybe people are like, oh, there's this straight privileged white girl telling everyone queer rights. So I think maybe like people can get angry about that because she hasn't faced the same hardships that LGBTQ people have. So as a straight person, straight white privileged woman, am I allowed to be an ally? I think a lot of straight people are like, that's the fear they have, right? It's like exactly what you just said. I know. I don't agree with it, but I'm just trying to no, wonder like, I know, I'm, I'm wondering I, if that's what people thought. But it, I'm sure it is, right? I think that happens a lot. I think that happens a lot when white people, um, for like performative allyship for Black Lives Matter, for example. And I just think it's so complex and interesting. And I wonder like where that fine line is, like the fine line between a straight person being a positive ally and a straight person who is speaking at a turn because they haven't faced the same struggles that a queer person might have. But that's what's kind of confusing to me as well, because as Kyle has mentioned before, and I even think think Jacob has, a lot of them were really into these female pop stars who were kind of like, they were straight identifying all these pop mm-hmm. stars who were kind of the ones they look to for that like representation in their bops and their theatrical performances and they're Mm -hmm. most of the time are seen as gay icons but then I'm like why wouldn't it be the same thing unless maybe they thought the performative act from Taylor was maybe just because of all the rainbows and maybe making it very like obvious like yeah rainbow cake and rainbow flag and rainbow outfit you know like maybe maybe gays were just like oh my god I think no I think so too like Yeah, I think all of what you said is probably accurate. And I also think, like, um, I think people already had their qualms with her and with Taylor in particular, like, parading around with her hot group of friends, right? You know? And, you know, just a lot of people felt like she was showing off how many friends she had or something. And I think that translated a bit into this in a way where, like, she had this music video and she invited all of the most prominent queer people to be in it. And... It was almost like, oh, she just like is parading around with all these famous queer people and dressing them up in like colorful outfits for her own gain to like, once again, queer baiting, right? Like maybe for commercial gain or to um, bring in a new fan base that maybe she hasn't had previously or something like that, right? Which if you think about it, kind it kind of worked that way because ever since then, the queer community has really in a, in a big way latched on to Taylor and her music especially with the release of folklore, right? Like now she's she's in the queer conversation. And I so in a way, it kind of worked. Whereas Taylor's demo before, I don't think included any queer people. Like I think her demographic was very catered to like mainly like straight white women. Right. She was never like yeah. seen as like a gay icon. Like I don't think her bops were like in that community, but you're right. Like once Folklore came out and Evermore and um, what was the one that just came out? Oh, no, like, she's been re-recording. Sorry, sorry. She's yeah, been re-recording yeah, yeah. all her albums. So I just thought of, I just thought of Red, mm-hmm. Taylor's version. Um, but yeah, all the gays are in it. It's all over my, I have gay TikTok. It's all over. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think, I just think like her case is an interesting one and not to linger on this too much longer, but I think just to recap, if anyone is like 
how do am I being a performative activist like or ally ally how do I know I think it's just a matter of like in like using Taylor as an example like be conscious of how you're showing up in your allyship are you like are you putting on a bit of a show or are you genuinely and authentically doing something that you feel is making a difference I think that might be the line right yes um where it could be construed as performative if you are if it's if you're being very flashy and maybe not doing the work behind the flashiness to actually create change which Taylor was doing as we know. Yeah, she was doing yeah. the work and she was yeah. speaking out. So that's why I was like y'all like not like behind closed doors she was like no like I don't support the community or something like that would be crazy. I mean, we don't think she I mean, I doubt she was, right? She made a big risk. It was a big risk for her to do that, to potentially lose a big, you know, part of her fan base, which obviously she didn't. I'm sure her Christian fan base still loves her. Yeah, for sure. I'm sure they do. Anyway, Tay-Tay. I love love Taylor. I I actually really do. I think she gets a lot of hate, and I just think she's trying. She's trying trying so hard. No one's perfect. I'm not going to say she's perfect either, but I don't yeah. think she deserves like the hate she's gotten, especially when I didn't agree with the queer baiting and performative allyship. I didn't see Agreed. it like that. I didn't see it lag by it. I'm glad you didn't, girl, because I didn't either. <laughs> um, the next gal we're going to talk about is actually very near and dear to my heart. Yep. Miss Brittany Jean Spears. And I also think she identifies as straight. Like, I've never heard or say anything else otherwise about being in the community mm-hmm. um but Brittany is a like really big advocate for the queer community and not only through her support but any time like her songs are just gay anthems like in the gay yeah. crew like her songs and her bops are just very recognizably like gay anthems so doing a bit of research she was awarded the 2018 glad vanguard award in recognition for her support and it included her opposition to bills in Texas that would have restricted transgender people's rights, her participation mm-hmm. in a tribute honoring the victims of the 2016 Pulse nightclub, nightclub, oh my God, nightclub shooting in Orlando, and um, her also sticking up for same-sex marriage legalization. And through that, she had also spoken out about bullying of LGBTQ plus youth. And there was mm-hmm. also something else where... Um, there was a fan who was going to commit suicide and oh yeah i know young a younger guy i think he was in um he was in high school and he was struggling and uh in his high school people were harassing him for being gay Mm. and there's a story where he went to one of her meet and greets and actually said that her music and lyrics like actually just inspired him to feel like himself he gained confidence in being like i i want to like stay alive essentially like literally wow. saying you're the music you've been putting out has been has saved my life and um she actually ended up writing him a letter and he got it like a couple of days later like handwritten letter just being like i don't know what she said exactly but it was something like i'm just so happy you're you and you're here and you're gay and like never wow. never change who you are but she also, what's interesting is she grew up in such a, like, she grew up in Kentwood, Louisiana, where it's like, right. it's nice to know that there's, like, people like her or many people, even, like, 
JT, yeah. like they all grew up in such like a small, like in the South conservative too. town, like in the yeah. South. Yeah. But they're still like all very prominent, like queer rights activists. Yeah. And I also wonder if for Brittany to like from a very young, from the start, the queer community really latched onto her as an artist and an icon, like even from her, from the first music she was making. And so I wonder if it was almost like a little bit of a give and take too, right? Like she's realizing like, oh my God, this community of queer people really likes my music. And like, you know, wanting to have that relationship with your fans and then probably learning more about the queer experience, right? Like it was probably just as much the queer community helping her become an ally as it was her deciding to be an ally, I would imagine. Yeah. Oh, I would only imagine that too. Hashtag so, freed Britney. Hashtag freed Britney and happy belated birthday. She just turned 40 <laughs> yesterday. Oh, the big four. Oh, she's a woman. And she's free. <laughs> okay, next up is, of course, mother monster herself, Lady Gaga. Lady Gaga is in the queer community. Um, yeah, she's bisexual, I think. She identifies as bisexual, our girl. Um, and from the beginning, she has been, like, advocating for queer rights through her music and just everything she does on the side. In June 2019, she performed at Pride Live's Stonewall Day concert, where she gave a speech directed towards the LGBTQ community. And she said, true love is when you would take a bullet for someone. And you know I would take a bullet for you any day of the week. I like that. (laughs) She's so dramatic. I love her. But yeah, like, I mean, born this way, right? Like, I, I think like when you see queer allies in music who are writing like music specifically about the queer experience i think that's really cool and um i mean she's an icon and she's an icon no matter gay straight or bi lesbian transgender life i'm on the right track like i was born to survive no matter black white or beige or me. i'm on the right baby i was born to be brave don't be a drag, just be a queen. Whether you're broke or evergreen. You're black, white, beige, or light scent. You're Lebanese, you're Orient. <laughs> yeah, there's so much we could say about Gaga. <laughs> she's she's like the definition of like gay icon. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, okay. This was kind of a fun one. Um, out of the mix, I just threw these guys in. Surprised me a little bit. Um, Duchess Meghan and Prince Harry. That's right. Right. So Power I mean, couple of the age. Like I said, there's been doing research. It was like actually overwhelming for me to like see the amount of people that were like coming out. Mm. Um, but I don't know if people would like right off the bat think of Meghan and Prince Harry. Like the people we've named before, I think are very like kind of obvious. But totally. the, yeah, they mm. are known as really, really important queer allies. Um, so this was in 2018. Megan and Harry spoke with LGBTQ plus people at the Commonwealth Youth Forum. And while they were there, Megan told Jacob Thomas, um, who is someone who won an award for helping reduce LGBTQ plus suicide rates. Megan had said, this is a basic human rights issue, not one about sexuality. And then in that, Harry also agreed with her and said that they would make sure to put LGBTQ plus issues at the forefront of their work incredible i wonder if they did you know what's so funny i thought you were gonna say incorrect (laughs) 
was like, oh. Uh, I kind of wish I like knew what they ended up doing, so I could have been like absolutely incorrect lies. No, I'm sure. I'm sure they've. I mean, they're both really, really heavily involved in humanitarianism, so I'm sure they've they've incorporated this into their work. Um, and I just love them both. This is a sidebar, but I have to say it because it really relates to everything we're talking about. Um, a la Britney Spears and Royal Family. Did you hear about Prince William and Britney Spears? Yeah, I did. <laughs> but didn't he didn't he ask her out on a date and she said no? My understanding, and so apparently there's a new book coming out about the royals and it has all sorts of insider information and gossip and stuff. If you're interested in the royals, you can look it up. It's supposed to be like really juicy and it includes all the stuff with Harry and Meghan and their their little Brexit. Um, but apparently what, what I read was that him, Prince William and Britney Spears had like a, like a online relationship. Like they would like, like some phone calls and like, like chatting across the pond essentially. And like, you know, trying to maybe meet up. Like, I, I'm sure he did ask her on a date and, but it never happened. Like they never actually met up in person, but it was like an online relationship. <laughs> Like they were trying to start a relationship or something. Imagine like, Brittany oh, became the um the person was like <laughs> the next queen no. of having No, she needs to be no. free. She needs to Absolutely. be free. Man. That would have been a bigger cage than her conservatorship. Are you kidding me? No. But I do think a young Prince William and a young Brittany, because this is when they were young, I think that would have been a pretty epic power couple. Like I wouldn't have wanted them to work out. Yeah, but I mean, come on, Prince William was so cute when he was. He young. was really, he was really cute back then, and now, I could see how she so would have been into him back then. <laughs> He's not so cute now. Yeah, I, I think that's right. I didn't know they had an online relationship, but I think like interviewers had asked her about Prince William, and she was super coy. Like she didn't say much. She was like not saying anything. So I only was like, oh, maybe he asked her out, and she said no. But well, they never ended up going out. I guess so. It's totally possible. But yeah, what, what a little bit of gossip. About? <laughs> we talked about like he probably was really charming and she probably was really sweet. Like I think she was still in her like sweet Southern Belle phase, right? So she would have been like, oh, William, thanks for calling. Okay. And the last, one of the last um, allies. <laughs> the last, these are the only allies <laughs> in the world. The only other ally. <laughs> One of the last ones we wanted to talk about was Cher. Definition of a gay icon. Cher was loved and is loved by the queer community, um, but especially in the 70s and 80s. And uh, it's because she wore drag and she sported leather. She further cemented her ally status when her son, Chaz Bono, came out as transgender and began transitioning in the early 2000s, which I, I remember that. I was so young, but I remember like seeing Chaz on TV and being like, oh, cool. Um, she has since Cher has since been really outspoken uh, for queer people everywhere, saying it's unfair for them not to have the same rights as straight and or cisgender people. An icon, yeah, sure. an icon. And as far as we know, Cher identifies as straight. Yes. So yeah, we love Cher. I think Cher is forever and ever a queer icon. And then we have a list of honorable mentions, um, and I think some of these are really interesting and um, maybe you know. Names you might not have originally thought might be 
considered an ally for the queer community. Should we go back and forth? Back and forth. (laughs) Okay, you go first because you know this ain't my favorite. (laughs) I was just going to say that. So guys, should we? So I'm going to just say Madonna, but I have to say Sarah's not a fan of Madonna. No. That's it. That's the story. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I I honestly, like, I'm not even going to give a reason. Like, I'm just, I just like, I'm not a fan. Okay. Ariana Grande. Anne Hathaway. She's been a vocal supporter. She has an older gay brother. She also Oh, I knew she had a gay brother. Uh, Chris Hemsworth. Hottie. Hottie of the century. Of course, the straight side of the podcast has to go, honey of the century. (laughs) He's, guys. He is really hot, I have to say. Sorry. He is. Just, it's just the truth. Beyonce and Jay-Z. Mm-hmm. Hugh Jackman. Michael B. Jordan. Ah, love him. J-Lo, of course. Kylie Minogue. Big one. Kylie Minogue's big one. Brad Pitt. Daniel Radcliffe. Yeah, didn't know that one either. Margot Robbie. Carrie Washington. That's right. Beautiful. Elliot Page. And Harry Styles. And there are so many more. Like, I can already hear people listening to this and being like yelling out names that we're not mentioning. The allies are out there and they are working hard for the queer community. But these are just some that we that we felt like we wanted to give a little shout out to. Exactly. Give a little shout shout. So guys, if you are listening and you're like, I, we hope you found some value in this conversation. I'm, I'm honestly quite surprised we haven't talked about allyship yet. But just remember like being an ally is just about like caring about your friends and caring about human rights and you know, I don't know. Life is short, and I just kind of feel like, why not spend it caring a little more about people? <laughs> I know that's vague, a vague way to put it, but, you know, we get so caught up in our own lives, and it's understandable, but, like, being and working on my own allyship and how I show up as an ally has made me a better person in a million and one ways. Um, and it's enriched my life in even more ways. And I just think like you can reap the benefits for yourself of being an ally of how it feels to really care about something and really, really try to create change in that area. feels good. I, I, there's nothing more than like, even me, me coming out, but also not just coming out, me actually just trying to be a voice in the community and like spread awareness has also like enriched my life. Mm-hmm. And I like this podcast, for example, is like such a passion project and I love learning more and I love talking to people and hearing their stories. And as simple as Sarah said, just like caring. Yeah. Caring goes a long way, my friends. It really does. And you can do it in small ways or big ways, but however you decide to do it, just make sure it comes from an authentic and genuine place and make sure it just comes from love. Yeah. I mean, that's what the queer experience is about, love, right? Mm, I love love. I love love, too. (laughs) So this is love. So this is love. Oh, I love that.
All right, in case you missed it, we're kind of bouncing back to something that we talked about on and in case you missed it a while back, maybe like 10 or 20 episodes ago or something. Um, But Colton Underwood, he was The Bachelor a few seasons back. He was a professional NFL footballer or football player. (laughs) Footballer sounds like he plays soccer, but he played American football. So like, you know, oh, and very Christian. His whole shtick on The Bachelor was that he was a virgin and he was saving himself for marriage. So just, you know, the pillars of straightness, professional athlete, guy on a reality show that girls are falling all over and trying to like marry, Christian, virgin, like the odds were just stacked against him. Also, he built those odds against himself. He did that because he is gay and he really struggled with it for most of his life um but just recently he came out and we talked about his coming out on and in case you missed it but now there's a netflix series all about colton and his coming out experience so the series is called coming out colton (laughs) which kind of made me laugh because like it's it's kind of cheesy but you know what i love it um and basically it's about him embarking on a journey to embrace his life as a member of the queer community and they put out the trailer but it's now available to watch on netflix so you can go watch it now it can be part of your your week of content that you consume and i haven't watched it yet i know purse you haven't either but we watched the trailer and purse i don't know about you the trailer i was expecting to be a little maybe eye rolly at the trailer like um, like, oh God, I hope this isn't like so cheesy. Um, cause just because the bachelor is so cheesy and I really tie Colton to the bachelor, but I, it had, the trailer had me in my feels. Like yeah. I felt some type of way after like, re- like a lot of like giddy pride and happiness. <laughs> I don't know about you, but I was like, I think I need to watch this. Well, I just feel like such relief for him as well, because there was even a moment in the trailer where he said, I was prepared to keep this secret for the rest of my life. Yep. Right? And it's mm-hmm. so real in that way. Like how many people actually like experience that? They say, I yep. cannot accept this part of myself. It's just going to be a secret. Like, for and that's your life. life. Yeah. Yeah. And he's still, he's young. Like, he's a young, relatively young guy. So thank God he didn't hold back from his true self for much longer, right? Like so many people come out in their in the last part of their life as they're realizing what really matters to them or whatever exactly but in the trailer like so he says that in the trailer and then also um it shows him like not just coming out to the world because he came out on good morning america i believe but coming out to his dad coming out to his friends and you know i guess he had really really mistreated a girlfriend Um, I think potentially the girl who won his season of The Bachelor. I'm not sure of the details, but having to process that, like the mistakes he made along the way. And then also being a baby gay and having to start dating for the first time. And like you see him talking to all these all these other gay men about, you know, the the process of coming out and the experience, the gay experience. And he and he, he's like nervous. He's like, how do I date? Like one guy, one guy comments on his jeans and he's like, you got to get those jeans out. Like the jeans got to go. Like giving him, giving him like advice for dating. He's like starting and, over. Yeah. And he's, you know, maybe downloading Grinder for the first time. But like, I, 
what the thing I was thinking with this, and Purse, I don't know if you can think of anything off the top of your head, but I was like, has this ever happened before? Like, has there ever been a series dedicated to a person's coming out journey, a, pr- a prominent, like, he's not an A-list celebrity or anything, but a prominent masculine person, their whole coming out journey? Like, I just think it's actually quite, um, it's quite unique and I think a little bit groundbreaking that I was getting that feeling when I was watching the trailer like this might actually be more groundbreaking than I realized prior the only thing I can really think of Colton is groundbreaking for the realization of his sexuality and who he's attracted to the only other thing I can really think of is when I am Kate got released on Caitlyn Jenner's story about transitioning um, from Bruce to Caitlyn yeah but it wasn't so much around like dating. So this is interesting that like, you're right. Like Colton is like a very masculine presenting Christian man who's now like diving into the world of I'm going to date men. Yeah. Um, so no, totally. It's very, uh, it is groundbreaking. If anything, there's not, not a lot like that at all. Yeah. And like I said, we've only seen the trailer, but in the trailer, he just seems really like genuine, like genuine and sweet and like, I don't know. It seems like he's just leaning into it. I mean, what's more leaning into it than having a Netflix series about your coming out experience? Like that takes that takes a lot of guts. Um, oh, yeah. Like, oh my know? God, yeah. Lots of guts. Lots all of right. guts. Lots of guts all over the place. <laughs> but yeah, I, I'm excited to watch it. I think I might um, try to watch it this next week. Yes, me too. We'll update update each other and let us know updating updating okay well purse i love you so much and i can't wait for the netflix series coming out persis to premiere <laughs> on netflix oh my god i totally just steal colton's thunder like if they had to choose they would choose coming out persis or there should be a play with my name though do you think should it be like yeah yeah Perfectly playful persis, persis. <laughs> perfectly persis yeah, yeah, something like that. People pleasing purses. Just kidding. That's accurate. No. <laughs> Just kidding. Just kidding. We're working on it. We're not people pleasers. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. People pleasing purses would be a really funny show. It would be. It would be. It a would funny just be series. me. Like. It would be a reality series of you just trying to not people please all the time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Okay, Percy, I love you. I love you too. And I guess we can tell the podcast listeners that Sarah and I have a virtual date night tonight. We do. I'm going to go do some yoga, get my flow in. And then after that, it's straight to date night. We're going to get some snackies and we're going to watch a movie on Scener, which allows us to watch the same movie at the same time from different locations. Exactly. We're going to watch Slaying All the Way. We talked about this in one of our... um, yeah, it's it's a gay holiday movie. What's it called? Single all the way. Single, Single all the way. way. Slaying all the way. <laughs> Thank God they didn't call it slaying all the way. Thank God. That's what it was originally going to be called. <laughs> makes that kind of makes sense. Okay, so guys, wish us luck on our date. Hope it goes well. I hope it goes well. I'm nervous. It's okay. Don't be nervous. Um, but you should also be a little nervous. Because I'm a hot ticket item. I'm a hot piece of rice and I don't need no side dish. <laughs> hot piece of rice? 
that what you said? Yeah, that's what um <laughs> in college the girls I was friends with to like amp each other up, we'd always be like, You're a hot piece of rice and you don't need no side dish. That's kind of funny. Are you sure they weren't saying hot piece of ass? No, rice. Oh, okay. <laughs> like, are you sure you weren't incorrect the entire time? I love it. You are a hot piece of rice too. That's why we're going on a date, baby. Baby. Bye bye. Bye bye. <laughs> bye 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 bye. No one's guessed what, what that is from yet. Yeah, guys. If you listened up to this point, what movie is this from? Baby, baby, baby. If you get it, you'll get a special voice recording note from Persis and I saying how much we love you. Exactly. In that accent. Yes. <laughs>